This is Santa Rally season. Today is September 28th, 2023. And it is an pre-election year, which is usually one of the most stunning years in the election year cycle. But we have a government shutdown looming. Student loan debts have to start being repaid. Oil was at $95 a barrel yesterday. So with all of the, and that's not to mention the uh, unaffordability of housing, um, inflation, all these other things that are going on that are generally not good for stocks. So should you be getting defensive? Should you be leaning into the Santa rally and the pre-election year rally? Or does Apple hold the cards to whether or not we win or lose in stocks in the next three months? All of this and more is going to be unpacked in our video conference. And remember, you can share this free with your friends youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. If you want the exact link to this exact video conference, just email us info at nataliepace.com and we will get started momentarily. All right, let's get started. So the first thing I want to say is that this all can, you can dive in much deeper on everything that we're going to discuss in my blog. So as always, go to nataliepace.com forward slash blog. And if you just search for Santa Rally, you're going to hit this blog and you can always email us at info at nataliepace.com for the exact link if you need it. So if you're watching this back, you know, in a month and it's harder to find. So the first thing that we wanted to discuss was this. What are the pros and cons of a more defensive plan? Now, of course, the big thing that people will always say is, hey, I might miss out on gains, right? I could make all this money if I just stay in. But the truth is, not really doesn't really end up that way. As an example, let's take a look at the performance of hedge funds and also one of the hottest funds of 2021, which was the ARK Innovation Fund. So here's what happens when people just focus on equities. And these are the pros, guys. So hang on, I'm going to take you over first to the Forbes article that shows us what hedge funds have been doing. And they've been really underperforming the market this year. So hedge funds are up about 5%. The markets are still up, even with August and September going down, about 11. So that wasn't working out so great. Here's the ARC fund, and this is the three-year performance. And you can see that it did really well in 2020. And since then, it has really underperformed the index. So, um, you know, there's really not much downside to being safe, uh, protected, hot, and diversified. And there's a great deal of downside in just investing in what you think is hot, right? In fact, if you had our strategy in place and you had that ARC fund in 2020 when it shot the moon and you got three you know, slices out of one, it's screaming at you sell high, right? So you would have captured gains. So that's another benefit of using the pie chart system is that when you rebalance and you're supposed to do it only once, twice or three times a year. So it's not day trading, it's not extra work. For most people, it's gonna be less time and less money. It just is more focused with an actual strategy 
that takes the emotions out of it and puts you on autopilot on a buy low, sell high plan. So having hot slices, very good. Just being all in on hots, not doesn't have a good track record at all. So if we go back then and we take a look at what a defensive strategy looks like and why you might want to do that, here are all of the reasons why adopting a more defensive plan um, is a great idea. And again, you the, the pros and cons of it are that you can keep a percent equal to your age safe, which is something you should always be doing according to modern portfolio theory. You should know what's safe in a debt world where bonds are losing more than stocks. You should be properly diversified. You should rebalance regularly to remain properly diversified. And by regularly, I mean at minimum once a year um, and then at maximum three times a year. So once, twice or three times a year. And then consider overweighting safe when there are economic storms on the horizon, which we are definitely doing. So this is, um, I talked about this earlier today on the money show. And here's a sample pie chart, assuming you're 30. So we definitely are overweighting safe. We're always gonna act our age. And when I talk about diversifying the at-risk, I mean 10 funds. So small, medium, large value and growth and four hot. So again, that hot might be that ARK Innovation Fund. You might say artificial intelligence. It could be gold or silver. It could be whatever you believe is going to be hot, but it's going to be within reason. And then again, in your rebalancing, if whatever it is that you thought was hot goes into three or four slices, it's telling you capture gains. And if it goes way down, rather than just say, oh, I lost money, it's a loser, you want to know exactly why it went down in value and what the future holds for this particular in either industry. All right, so let's jump back into whether or not we're going to have a Santa rally and why Apple could be the determining factor. So if we go back to the blog, and again, all of these things are outlined in the blog. I tell you also, and this is an important thing. This is, this is a testimonial from Nilo, and this was before the Great Recession. Our strategies earned gains in the dot-com and the Great Recession and about performing the bull markets in between. Now you might say, well, how does that work? So Nilo was approaching 60. We said we're overweighting 20%. Someone who is overweighting 20% at the age of 60 has 20% at risk, 80% safe. The 20% at risk, if that loses half, you've lost 10%. If the 80% that's safe earns a 10% gain and bonds were doing that back then, in fact, in the dot-com recession, you could get even a higher yield than that, um, then, then you've made 8% there. So you're pretty buoyant. You're under uh, maybe 2%. Now she earned gains in the dot-com recession. Um, so that's how that works. Now, it is a bit trickier in the next recession because bonds, now you can get a decent yield, but a decent yield in today's world would be about 5% if a safe, decent yield. But it is tricky because even though the interest rate risk has gone way down, the credit risk and the duration risk remain elevated. And that is why the long-term bonds are the ones that lost so much money. So we really have to know what's safe. And again, that's why we spend one full day discussing what's safe and how tricky it is and how you can maneuver around all of the obstacles to actually make sure 
that your money is not going to lose principal. Now, one other thing I want to say is that we must know what we own. We can't have blind faith that somebody else is doing it for us. Um, I do a lot of second opinions. So I did a second opinion of someone who has a managed plan. She recently was uh, laid off from her job. It's early for her to be retiring. So she's not sure whether or not she's going to do that. But she is 60. And her she had told her financial advisor that she had no risk tolerance, that she didn't want to lose money. This financial advisor actually has her 87% at risk. He's treating her like a 13-year-old. Now, she didn't know that because she told him, I don't want to take on risk. And she trusted him without knowing whether or not she actually was taking on risk. So it was all equities. That is, you know, not appropriate for a six-year-old, certainly not appropriate for someone who's 60 with no risk tolerance, and definitely not someone who's lost her job. So it's really important for you not to have blind faith that somebody else has done this for you, that you actually know what you own and whether, you know, what part of the pie it goes in. Is it safe? Is it really safe? Or is it one of those safe assets that's risky? Is it actually at risk because it's a mutual fund or a stock or, um, you know, some other equity? So now is the time when you really want to know what you own. Now, here's one of the risk factors is that we have a great deal of debt in the world. And I get people a lot of times that ask me a question about this and they'll say, oh, well, the debt is only blank percent of GDP or blah, 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 right? But the truth of the matter is that our public debt alone, that doesn't include uh, you know, private debt, uh, corporate debt and all these other things in there, which are, actually take it to over 90 trillion. Our corporate debt, um, you know, that is actually higher than our GDP. But so you may get a statistic from somebody where it's just taking a portion of what the actual debt is. So all of these debt levels that I include on our asset bubble chart and our debt elevated debt chart that's in that blog, you can get a copy of it if you email info at nataliepace.com. They are from our reserve banks. There are actual data and statistics that are provided by the central banks. So they are accurate. Um, and again, I think the most alarming one, it's not the only alarming one, is that the total debt um, and loans currently in the U.S. are $96 trillion, $96 trillion. That's a lot. And again, in this chart, I'm comparing the dot-com recession and the Great Recession because we have such elevated debt compared to even both of those recessions. And honestly, we were really concerned about the massive levels of debt and leverage before the Great Recession. And now we have far higher. So what about the Santa rally? And again, this is uh, what I was going to tell you about Apple. Does Apple hold the keys? to whether or not we have a Santa rally. And the truth is that they it, it might be, right? Now, why do I say that? Well, first off, you might have already uh, seen my previous uh, blogs and video conferences about how China has curtailed the use of the iPhone in their government uh, offices. Now, the last time China curtailed the use of iPhones was actually in 2018. And it wasn't a, by a mandate. It's just that people liked the Huawei phones and Huawei by units was selling more I, smartphones, not just in 
Asia. I was in Europe at the time, and a lot of the people there in uh, London were carrying around Huawei's because they were very high performance and much lower cost. So Huawei by unit cells became number two, Samsung number one, Huawei number two, and it's booted Apple down to number three. That happened in 2018. Now, in the fourth quarter of 2018, what happened is Apple is one of the biggest contributors to our bull market. And the reason for that is that they purchase about 80 billion or more of their own stock every single year. And they've been doing this for a very long time. In the last quarter of 2018, when they started seeing them that they were going to miss their earnings target, they stopped buying back their own stock in December, zero, almost, almost nothing in December. And December of 2018 turned out to be minus 9.2%. So it dropped by 9%, which was the worst performing December since the Great Depression, the 1930s one, not the most recent one, the, the long ago one. So Apple's buybacks can be very important. And again, if they are going to have a bigger impact on their sales and revenue due to this um, but it's not just by the way that the iPhone is no, not being going to be used in government, um, you know, and by the way, there's a lot of, uh, you know, social companies in China. It's, you know, our communist country, they call it Confucianist. Um, so there's, that's a lot of agencies, but Huawei came out with a new phone. In fact, it kind of stunned all of the Western world because they were banned in the US, they were um, not allowed to have a lot of our chips and technology and they developed it on their own and just dropped something that apparently is actually very competitive and is always gonna be a lower cost point. So that could actually impact the earnings at Apple. Again, and this has broad market implications if it does. So that's one of the things that I think is a headwind for our Santa rally, but that's not the only one. We also yesterday had $95 a barrel oil and oil and recessions. High prices for oil is highly correlated with recessions. As you can see here, every time oil went, you know, charging up, we pretty much saw a recession afterwards. So that's one thing also the yield curve is negative again, and this has been since last year, about June, July. Um, that's 100% uh, correlated over the last 80 years. So there's a lot of um, you know indicators, economic indicators that are negative for stocks. We also have student loan payments starting October 1st. We have the risk of a government shutdown happening. We may have another rate hike in November or December that high oil prices makes that more likely. Um, we have a lot of strikes, union strikes going on. We certainly have very elevated valuations in both equities and housing. Um, the recent downgrades of the USA by Fitch in August 1 and banks, um, you know, just last month. Bonds still have the duration and credit risks. We have, um, you know, lots of risk in our uh, CRE, our commercial real estate, the high borrowing costs. And a lot of that is going to turn over next year. So there's a lot of concern about that. Um, BRICS, this is more of a long-term concern, but it's emerging. And then, of course, when the U.S. sneezes, the world catches a cold. If 
Asia, if China sneezes, the world catches a cold. So it's really important to just realize that um, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be market timing and say, oh, all those risks. Okay, I'm just going to sell everything and be on the sidelines because, you know, equities can have performance and it's unlikely that we're going to all stop using our iPhone uh, tomorrow or our Google search engines or our Microsoft, you know, office suite. But at the same time, banking everything on that and being at risk of that Wall Street roller coaster, particularly as we get closer to retirement, we just don't have the time to make it up. And I think that's another important thing is that, you know, we've been in a secular bull market essentially since 2009. So it's really easy for broker salesmen to say, hey, stocks always go up, just buy and hold, right? But that's not really the way it is. Um, recession, the Great Recession, a million dollars dropped 55%. That's down to $450,000. That can mean that you can't pay your mortgage. Your FICA score goes in the toilet. That could be life-changing, right? And it took about seven years to come back. For a lot of people, if they also got the double whammy in real estate, they were really in trouble for a decade. The dot-com recession, NASDAQ stocks dropped by 78%. A million dollars went down to 220000 took 15 years to come back. So the pandemic was abnormal. We don't always print up $5 trillion and throw it at everything that moves. So rather than bank on everything going up, up, up all the time, which is something we have enjoyed even with a pandemic, um, it's a better idea to be safe, protected, hot and diversified and rebalanced regularly. It's something we teach at our retreats. We're having another one October 7th through the 9th. We also spend one full day on what's safe because again, ponds less more than stocks did last year. So I have a lot of uh, information on the risk in bonds, both in my blogs and in other video conferences. So be sure to scroll through some of the videos if you're interested in fixed income information. And again, um, I also offer an unbiased second opinion through our private coaching program. It's unbiased because I don't sell financial products. So I don't have any financial incentive to try to sell you this over that. We sell news information and education, which happens to have earned gains in 21st century recessions, outperform the bull markets in between, and it's literally as easy as a pie chart. And that's why it's enthusiastically recommended by Nobel Prize winning economist, Gary Becker, um, even, you know, a MacArthur Genius Award winning economist, Kevin Murphy, over 120,000 people who've downloaded our books, attended retreats, got the private coaching or second opinion and transformed their lives. So wisdom is the cure. And I would say in, in my personal opinion, my humble personal opinion, now is a very good time to make sure that you are safe, hot, protected and diversified. And we are definitely overweighting 20% safe in our sample pie charts. All right, I'm gonna pause it here just in case we have any questions and, uh, and then I'll close out in just a moment. So again, we love to get your questions, your hot tips, whatever it is that you are thinking about, all things money, whether it's budgeting or investing or even college. 
So I do encourage you to go to nataliepace.com. You'll get all kinds of ways that you can even learn how to save thousands of dollars annually in your budget. You'll learn how to get your kids a better degree for up to half the cost in the ABCs of Money for College. There's a lot of resources there. So again, nataliepace.com, youtube.com forward slash nataliepace, and then nataliewinpace. My middle name is Win, W-Y-N-N-E, at Instagram. We'd love to see you there. And thanks again for joining me. Be sure to share and like and subscribe on all of these channels because I do daily money tips on Instagram. And I also do monthly free video conferences on YouTube. Thanks again. One last thing, you know, the easiest way for you to learn and implement these strategies is at my investor educational retreat. It's online. It's very affordable. In fact, most people report earning back the price of the retreat and budget savings alone with just a few months. So imagine you could also protect whatever your nest egg is equal to. And again, with nest egg, I'm also talking about 401k strategies. So um, go to nataliepace.com, click on our October 7th through the 9th flyer. You'll learn everything you need to know. Again, it's the life math that we all should have received in high school. And then email us at info at nataliepace.com for a life transformational um, investor educational retreat that you can attend so desire. Thanks again.